thing freaking out on me. I'm just going to scroll through the slides like this. Here it shows you in 2000, if you look where my mouse is jiggling, in 2022, um, 20, you can see where the tech bubble hit Austin and un unemployment was a lot higher. And then when things started to get really heated after the financial crisis, Austin had been more tech-based and not financially-based. So we survived here. And now if you look at it, it's like waves, right? Just waves are coming through on the unemployment or employment, however you want to phrase it. And then all of a sudden COVID hits and it's like a tsunami just rushes in and freaks everything out. But the point of this is that Austin tends to be, lately, tends to be a little bit better, better than the uh, nation as far as jobs go. And again, jobs is like, that's the heartbeat of the economy. So here's just another sample of the monthly unemployment rates um, in uh, the United States. Austin's, I believe, is even lower than this. Okay. And again, here's uh, non-farm job growth. We kind of nerded out on this one a little bit um, because I just think it's fascinating. So does Christine. But you can see here, uh, the Austin is the blue line. We lost a lot of service jobs there. And the red line is uh, the United States. I'm sorry, it's Texas. And then the dotted line is the United States. They're all kind of converging here, right? They're all staying pretty close together. Austin, um, we had a lot of unemployment um, there just for a little bit, and then it sharply declined again, uh, you know, when the coronavirus hit. So I'm still letting people in here too. Thanks for coming back. All right, now here's, here's where the graphs start getting fun. Mortgage rates. We took this all the way back to 1971, and you can see the overall average is 7.81 for mortgage rates. I know there's people on here that are, remember me included interest rates being like 10 percent 12 percent some maybe even 17 18 percent um it's hard to have that conversation with today's buyers because they're a lot younger and they don't really care the um so when you normalize it back down to let's go back to 1991 or 1990 the average is about six percent okay and um so and which is about where we're at i think we're at 6.3 something like that uh today but you remember a couple of months or a couple of weeks ago when that bank in California uh, got taken over. Rates went all the way down to five and a half that morning. And then they were back up to six and an eighth later that day. Like the rates are just jumping all over the place right now. A lot of people think that they're going to land around five and a half by the end of this year. But I think we'll see. I don't know. I've had some pretty, pretty deep conversations with some really smart people these last few months with some masterminds I do. Not everybody's convinced that this is just a 18 month deal. Okay. Now, this is the graph that for some reason is like ridiculously uh, difficult to find on the internet. So we put it together ourselves, but it shows since 1971 what inflation, also known as the CPI, is relative to 30-year mortgage rates. And we had to go back to 1971 because we're trying to look for patterns, right? We're trying to look for patterns in the history of the United States and the economy so that we can try to understand how long it's going to last, make our best educated decision. And what it's going to do for, um, uh, like, what's going to happen next, right? That's what we're always trying to sort out. And um, I think, but you literally, if you look at what happened in 2020, 21, 22, 23, and you take that and you come over, you've got to come all the way, you literally have to go all the way back to 1979 to get an idea of, to see anything that's similar to what happened back then. Now, it looks to me like with these downward trends that we've experienced literally over 40 years. I mean, look at that. It's incredible. The um, 
that's incredible. 40 years. It's like most of my life. Um, it's going to be like, I don't think anybody really knows what's going to happen. I was talking to the former CEO of uh, Keller Williams not too long ago. He's been doing real estate forever. And he's like, I've never seen anything like this market before. It's hard to make sense. You've got economic data that people are trying to figure out if it makes sense or not. You've got people still, you've got unemployment still really low. And there's interest rates are going up, but they're not going up that much. I mean, we just saw, you know, you just saw here that interest rates were as high as 18.63% in 1981. That's like triple what it is right now. Triple. Do y'all know that the um, when the rates doubled, when they went from 3% to 6%, that changed buyer affordability by like 30%. That's crazy. Um, and so what has to happen when that happens and you've got to sell your house in like the next six months is like you have to slash the price. And that's what it was. It was a slashing of price. Not everybody could figure that out or could get comfortable with that short amount of time. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. So anyways, so this is really interesting. So like we're at a period, what's going on in the history as far as inflation and as far as um, interest rates go, we haven't experienced this in 40 years, longer than 40 years, almost 45 years. So when we say we're in unprecedented times, which I know is a popular thing three years ago with the coronavirus, but like every time, every time like we have a new day, it's unprecedented. There's like, there's just new information flying at us from all over the place. Okay. Inflation rate, and here's just a zoomed in version of what that looks like. It is, um, again, it's a it's a nerdy graph. I love it. Um, but it shows you kind of where things are starting to converge a little bit on each other, and we'll see what happens next. Now, this is a really interesting graph. This talks a little bit about what affordability is. And Christine, uh, she did most of the work on this. Uh, but you can see in, 2020, in January of 2022, this is just a snapshot of like the last 12, 13, 14 months, how much affordability has changed with the rising of the interest rates and how much prices have come down. So you can see on the left-hand side, side, this is the median price of a home. Uh, which is about 450 grand right now. Well, you can see it right there in blue, 450, 455, 420. The median price based on the average 30-year fixed interest rate at the time, this is what the payment was with taxes and insurance included. And you can see a note down there about that. Um, the um, What that payment was. And do you know that the payment being, let's just call it 4,500 bucks in... Austin, you've got to make almost $200,000 a year as a dual income or single income as a family to afford that house, right? That's, an, that's a lot of money. And it's been like that for a while. So we hear a lot of conversations about Austin's affordability. The um, This is why. So, and if you look at how much, like just look at how much it changes. Every time the interest rate changes a little bit, how much the price and the payment change. There's so many variables that go into this. And like, how many times do you get, does your job salary get, like, does it change or adjust? Like a, rarely, right? Once every year or two. So there, this is why there's so much turmoil in the market right now, because of all this uncertainty. Here's another, here's kind of another look at it. The monthly PITI based on sales price, right? This is what, and yeah, this is interesting. So this is like based on the sales price and the down payment and the, the interest rate at the time, the average interest rate of the year at the time, 
the, the blue bar shows you what that monthly payment would be. Based on affordability, 25% based on the median income, Okay, based on the median income in Austin, the red is what the payment is what the the median family can afford. Look at the disparity there. So the, they have to make the difference up in cash, right? And look at just how it's growing. This is just interesting for Austin. I don't know what it means. Like I literally have no idea what's going to happen in the future. All I know is that I, what I think I know is that it's going to be longer than we want it to be, and I would be making. A buddy of mine is on here, Chris. You know, I say this every single day and I've been saying it for 15 years. Like, I don't make any risky moves and I'm wrong all the time. He's hitting home runs. I'm hitting singles and doubles. But we'll we'll get to more of that here in a minute. The um, But it isn't, I just think that's a really interesting graph to show you just what the disparity is between like the average family in Austin, the median family in Austin. Y'all know what median and average is? Median is like if there's a thousand transactions, the median is number 500. Okay, it's the one that's right in the middle. It's like the top of the bell curve. Um, and then we'll move into median price growth. So we got, again, we got a little bit nerdy here, but it's, it's interesting information. Again, it just shows the price growth versus inflation. Red is inflation. So you see just a little bit of bump of inflation. It's actually more than a little bit of bump. It's just the scale is zoomed out a little bit. What it did to the price growth. Look at the price of houses went up 6.6% in 2020, right? That was when we experienced regular times and uh, then the shutdown and then all the irrational exuberance that it uh, showed up again. And then it went up 15% and then again, almost 30%. That's insane. The home, the home values in Austin or the prices, the market prices doubled from 2015 to 2023, doubled the median price. I'll show you that here, right here. 238,000 in 2015 to 449%. So the squiggly line is what each average is every month. And the, the straight line is just the, the trend line. Okay. And in this next slide, uh, I'll show you the median sales price for homes in Austin. Uh, the government loves to keep this trend at 4%. I'm going to show you some things that are at the end of this about inventory and new home construction that um, it's just more weird information to absorb. Um, but you can see the trend line is 4% and Austin's been well above that since the 90s, you know, except for maybe a little bit here in the uh, the Great Recession, of course. Um, but this shows you in 1990, the price then, if it had been just 4% a year, we'd be at $280,000 or something like that. And instead we're at $450,000, right? So it means we don't have enough houses. And this is gets, this really shows more of the kind of the price increase, the wave of the price increase. In 2018, 23,000 homes sold uh, that were under 450 grand. And then, so we have zero to 450,000. And keep in mind y'all, the median price range in 2018, uh, was 287,000. Okay, now it's 448,000. That's, that's incredible. It's incredible. So the, the government is tinkering with real estate with interest rates because they're trying to slow all this down. Almost very few people can afford a regular home in Austin. We've heard that for years, and this is, should just be kind of normalizing that a little bit for you. Um, so we'll go back to this. So zero to $450,000. There were, um, you can see less and less of them are selling because less and less of them exist. 
and the same uh, with 450 to 900, right? Less and less. Well, that, that's starting to grow. You can see the the luxury and the ultra luxury starting to grow. Look at that. It goes from 168 in 2019. Three years later, it's like nearly triples. That's crazy. Now we're on a path right now uh, for Austin based on the first quarter of this year. The number of homes sold in the first quarter every year um, uh, represents about 20% of the of the market. And that's an average that's gone back 20 since 1920. Um, not 1920, 2020, 2000. Now slow down. See, I told you. Um, that's about 20% of the home represents 20% of the home sales in the first quarter. The second quarter represents about 28%, 29%. The third quarter, 28%. And the fourth quarter, 22%. That's a total of 100. I added it up. The, um, so what I know about if if that holds true for this year, 2023, we're going to sell the same number of homes that we sold in 2017. Let me double check that. It might be 2018. Yeah, 2018. And in 2018, the price was $287,000. Well, this year, it's going to be closer to $450,000. So it's a substantial increase in um, volume of homes sold. So if you make your money by a percentage of what sells in the real estate market, you should have one of your best years ever this year, just so you know. Okay. But you can see the luxury market really ramped up and it looks like it's still coming along strong here in 2022, 2023. And again, we get into um, units sold by the quarter, which we were just talking about. You can see, uh, but this is by price range, not by number. Um the number of uh, um, units sold by quarter. We have any questions so far? I might be going too fast because I had that mouse issue. I'm not seeing any. Okay, good. All right, we're we're actually getting kind of close to the end here um, because I probably talked too fast, but that's okay. So here is um, here's some more to think about. I think what we're seeing in um, on the job side, we track pretty closely the um, what's posted on Indeed, and we have a we we posted in a, in a we have a kind of a, a a company memo that goes out every morning at like eleven o'clock, and it just shows a quick snip of what the mortgage rate is for the day, what the job posts are for the day and uh, like how many there are, how many of them are over $80,000 a month, a uh, month, year, month would be great, a year. And, and then just some basic statistics for the real estate market. Now, what we're seeing right now, uh, as we enter the spring market, we're actually already in the spring market, is that the number of new listings have gone up a pretty decent amount. But we're now starting to see, and we, and we do a trailing seven-day study, if you will, uh, the number of homes that go under contract and right now we're seeing it's almost to an amount every seven days that rivals what we had experienced in 2022. Okay. And 2021, I guess I should say that 2022 was a weird year. Um, 2021. So there's still a lot of people out there buying. And every time the interest rates go down, we see more people looking around, more people looking at houses. We do, we do enough open houses every weekend that we know what kind of traffic is out there and what buyers are saying. And right now, what we're learning is that home sellers and home buyers basically have to get along because of the what I showed you about on affordability in Austin, especially 
the uh, buyers and sellers have to work together to get deals done. Now, some of the, in the last couple of weeks, we've had a lot of multiple offer situations and that's been less so the case, but since by and large, since last spring, buyers and sellers have had to communicate effectively, negotiate, pay some interest rate up, interest uh, amounts of money up front, something like that to get deals done. And I expect we're going to have a lot of up and down here for the next 18 months. Uh, I'll come back to that in a minute. Um, so these are the new permits monthly. Now, we all know that we, we just came out of a severe housing shortage, right? And right now, builders, you know, they built way far ahead advance uh, of the market. Now they're playing catch up. They're sitting on inventory. They're starting to offer a lot of incentives. And you're actually getting new home construction. You're, you're actually able to buy those for less money than you can resales. But the deal with new home construction is that you got to be in a neighborhood that's further away, right? So that's the trade-off. Some people like that. They prefer to have a newer house versus being closer into stuff, knowing that that stuff will eventually reach them in the coming years. And it will. I'll show you why in a minute. Um, so the new permits are way down. Um, and it kind of bounces around quite a bit um, since 2019. And it's funny, since 2008, I'll show you this here. And since and I don't have that chart for you, but I can get it since 2008. So this is new home starts. This is what this is the one the government really freaks uh, geeks out about. OK, they like to see about a million homes a year built. That's what they think uh, will cause inventory to balance out, you know, between a four and a six or eight month supply of inventory. And right now, Austin, just for reference, is right around two, a little over two. OK, the. Um, the what you see is you have a million so you can see here just for a couple of like i don't know how many is that one two three five quarters if i'm doing that right six quarters you had um the, they were building enough homes to satisfy demand preceding back to 2008 2007 they were not building enough homes so for years We've not been building enough homes to satisfy demand. And that's demands guided by people entering the workforce, getting good jobs, getting married, creating families, divorcing, creating two new families, things like that, right? So there's more families are being created that want to buy houses than the homes are available. And then interest rates really low. That's what all the demand, like it just, uh, that's what drove the last couple of years uh, and will probably drive us again when, things normal and like our situation normalizes in our mind because again they're not building enough houses seriously and they're not and it's not even by a little bit they're not building enough houses by a lot we're gonna have an inventory shortage again we already have an inventory problem we're still at two three i think it's like 2.2 percent months inventory but everybody knows that's in the real estate business right now it it's a longer conversation to get buyers and sellers to make decisions about what they need to do because there's no longer that immediate urgency to make decisions starting to come back but it's not quite there yet i kind of like it like it is right now but that's just me um okay well i went through that a lot faster than i thought i was going to you did get one question on condo stats did you have anything to say there you know i didn't um i did not dial in on all the different segments of austin and i'll do that next time um i haven't given this presentation in a while so thank you for being my guinea pigs i'm realizing now the uh, some of the information that we're missing here are the different segments of Austin. There's condos, there's new home constructions, there's the different prices um, that uh, 
price ranges and areas. I can tell you there's a couple of things I can tell you. And what I know is that buyers right now, and this will probably hold true always and forever. Buyers right now want homes that are turnkey and easy to do. Cars on the street matter, trees matter, paint, clean, declutter, smell, updates, upgrades, things like that. That all matters to the buyer. And because we know there are many buyers looking and we have an inventory shortage, when a home like that comes up that's reasonably priced, they're still selling for a premium. That's still happening. And that's happening in most of the areas of town. Uh, I've not seen, we saw for two months in a row, the median price in Austin came down. And this is according to the Austin Board of Realtors, it came down. Uh, a pretty substantial amount of money, but from, so that was December to January, January to February, February, March, uh, it went back up again. So, and I'm guessing from March to April, it's going to go back up, up again too. So I've only been speaking today about median price ranges because it's just kind of an easy benchmark to go into. We can uh, definitely get the information about different segments of the market out to you guys. Um, but just know that convenience and easy, buyers still love to pay for that. Uh, we did see almost immediately when rates went up, investors and speculators, also known as home flippers, those guys almost all but evaporated out of the market almost overnight um, because it's just a money-driven decision. There's nothing emotional about that if they're doing it right. Um, the uh, And we're starting very, we're starting to see investors and some flippers come back into it. Um, I think they're brave for doing it. Uh, but we're starting to see some investors who have a long-term outlook. They have a long-term knowledge and understanding of what the real estate market is predicted to be in Central Texas. And I just showed you, based on inventory and jobs, those are the two most important pieces of the equation. Um, interest rates only matter to those that um, are trying to figure out their budget and to those that don't have the cash. And we're still seeing a lot of cash offers right now, which kind of blows my mind. Um, but it's still going on. I would love more questions. We literally have more time. What I'll do is package these slides up for you guys and email them out. Um, and if you have any questions or you want to visit about it or you, you want to have a, a deeper conversation about it, I'd welcome that. Um, this, I'm excited about the next... Oh, let me back up. So I was in this mastermind in Nashville these last couple of days. And it was uh, uh, you know, a top agent from a, each of the 175 markets in the United States. And we were talking about it and I was overwhelmed. I got to be honest with you about this. I was overwhelmed at the amount of uh, optimism about how short this adjustment in the market is going to be. The, I, was, I was overwhelmed. And I have to remember, like I've done this longer than most people, which is good and bad. I probably sometimes have too much information uh, or too much history, I guess. Um, and there were a few people who had been around for a long time and said, I think like, you know, the elections, I don't know, a year away or something like that. And, and then policy will change maybe. And it's like, like a lot of people are just going to keep waiting and waiting and waiting to until things start to get more solid um, in the economy. And I don't think that's going to happen this year. I think there's just too much uncertainty. And after coming off of what we've just come off of, people are really gun shy about making major decisions. A lot of people have just lost 30% of their net worth. And it happened in like four months. A lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people did. I know our business changed, right? We had to make some pretty quick changes to keep up and pivot and keep moving forward so we could keep serving at a high level. 
I trust that most of y'all did too, did that too. Um, so anyway, so, so the room, it was really divided. It was like two thirds of it thought, eh, it's just, we're just going to get in this year and then we're going to be back in business and things are going to be easy and fun again. And then there was a third of the room was like, I don't know. I think we need to wait and see this is because we've never been through anything like this before. Like the effects of all the policy changes that have happened, like it might take longer than it did. I'm betting on it taking longer um, just from a business perspective. Um, the real estate we own, we just keep it, we rent it. It's all long-term play for us. Um, and I hope if you own real estate, that that's your take on it too. It's the way it's supposed to be. The tax advantages are too good not to anyways. Um, I don't know. Any other questions? You guys have been amazing. Thanks for being here and being so patient with my technology issues. You received another question. Is the city of Austin permitting Austin schools building back? Yeah. So it, I don't know if any, so the question is, is the city of Austin permitting process still really backed up? I don't know if any of you guys have builder friends or someone who's trying to remodel their house. I live in a neighborhood just outside of Austin and like, it's a small city government. It's taken my friend two years, almost two years to get a new build permit. And they're not even in the city of Austin. It's like, I don't know what they're doing. You walk in their office and there's a stack of permits. She's like, well, I'll just get to it when I can. You know, this family, their kids are getting older and older. By the time they get permitted approval, they're not going to need it anymore. Uh, and I have friends in building in, in the city of Austin. And that's their number one complaint is permitting. And it's so unusual because you have all, they have all their re like requirements to get your permit. You literally can just go down the list and check it off. It's what they used to do. I don't know why they're not doing it anymore. Kirk Watson, when he got elected, that was one of his top priorities is to streamline the building permitting process in the city of Austin. Kind of need to hold them accountable to some of that, I think, because it's slowing things down. And in the meantime, also another interesting fact on this is like the cost of lumber and the cost of resources to build houses continues to go up because inflation is still positive. What's it like at 5.5 or 6% right now? I mean, the cost of things is still going up and up and up. So you can count on the government to keep, yeah, this is like full circle. Great question. So you can count on uh, the government to keep pulling levers until they can get inflation back under control in the job situations where it needs to be so that we can have a steady economy for as long as possible. Can I tell you all something? One of the reasons I asked... Uh, uh, Gary Keller owns Keller Williams. I asked him one day, I was like, why do we have to do anything to temper inflation? Why can't we just let it burn itself out? Do you know what his an the answer is? This is literally what they're worried about. Inflation causes civil unrest and revolution. This was, my, this was the answer I received. And I'm like, I'm not smart enough to know if it's right or wrong. I just thought it was really interesting. It's like rampant inflation leads to civil unrest and revolution. And so that's why they're tinkering with it so quickly is to keep, while we have uncertainty now, imagine if like inflation was like 20% or like in Turkey, it's like 200% or something like that. Like that's why they're getting involved. And we're just kind of hostage to what they decide to do until people start to get comfortable again with whatever the new normal is for the next few years. I did not expect to talk about that in this. You do have a couple of other questions in the chat. Um, okay. I don't know where to get to that. I mean, so we'll want to... there are some more questions. Hang in there, y'all. Would you want me to just read them off? 
Um, yeah, I don't know how to get to the that screen. That'd be great if you could read them all. Yeah. So, what is your forecast for the rest of the year based on the historical data? Yeah, uh, based on the historical data. Good question. Thank you for asking that. Um, I think because the you saw the slide where um, let me show you this. Things work in waves generally. Generally, and here we go. Unemployment. They come in waves generally. And I think that we're experiencing like compressed waves. You can see like, this is just how my mind thinks is that we had like an instant change instead of a gradual change where you could start to see, oh, showings are way down. Oh, there's less offers. Like you can start to sniff that something's about to change. It happened really fast on the upside or the downside and the upside, I guess, on the corona, the pandemic. And then again, with the interest rate change, right? Everything's happened. We've had two really like, significant events over a two and a half year period or two years that uh, that like really have shaped the way we're all living our lives right now. And so I think there needs to be a settling of stuff, but I don't expect it just to happen really quickly. I think we're going to have some ups. I think we're going to have some downs, depending on your perspective. Uh, and I think you just need to get used to probably doing, I think the numbers already been set for us, but you need to adjust everything by like 30% of what you've been spending or earning or investing or forecasting or whatever, unless you're willing to do significant changes to your daily routine. That's a different conversation. I'm prepared for this to go on for like 24 more, 24 more months. I'm prepared for longer. I'm hopeful for that. But by this, I mean just the ups and downs. Consistency is the problem in business. It's the problem in planning. It's the problem in retiring. Like you just want consistent income. You want consistent projections you want to be able to sleep at night and that's how we do it right so and i don't think we're going to get there this year all right next question is it easier to get good contractors or builders now versus last year yeah there's still uh okay i see the chat over here that's weird it's all the way there um i don't know that so labor right is labor cheaper now um my experience is minimal in that uh, I do know that people still complain about it. I know the houses, they're tearing down houses and building new houses in my neighborhood. I know it's taking forever. So I suspect that it's still a problem. Yes, the city of Austin permitting process is still really backed up. Yep. Any other questions? These are great. Thank you all. Thank you for showing up and thank you for your patience. Here, Auntie uh, had a comment on the condos. I think there was some, um, the developers are scaling. But yeah, so this is what's going on with um, development. I know multifamily is going to be way down. This is another thing. 20,000 multifamily units are hitting the market right now in Austin. Nothing's being built. So those are going to get absorbed. <laughs> and then we're going to be right back in an inventory problem. So what happens when they raise the rates like they do and there's this much uncertainty, all the major investors, and I'm, I'm not talking about like me buying a house. I'm talking about people that are going to like, hey, I'm going to invest a billion dollars in multifamily projects in Austin. That happens on a pretty regular basis, life insurance companies. They say, you know what? I will give you this loan if you put 50% of the equity into the deal. Well, very few people are willing or capable of doing that. And so it freezes building and development. And when there's freezing and building and development, then that means the inventory for the next 10 years is going to be squished. We like we just went through this in 2008, 9 to 10. So it's going to be the exact same thing, but it was a, like a different cause so far. 
So the, you know, the cranes that you see downtown, the cranes over Austin and everywhere else, you can expect those to go away uh, or to slow down. I mean, I already, you can already tell some of the projects have come to a, a halt. Um, oh, here's one. This is an aggressive question. You think the city of Austin will be giving out permits in order to convert empty office space into apartments and condos? I don't know. It's a thought. Um, some cities in America, they might just give stuff away like that. I don't know. Uh, the debt ceiling fiasco, Karen. Great question. I have no idea. Seems like that comes up every couple of years, doesn't it? I'm also, I'm not, I'm not I don't know because I have not studied it, um, what that will cause. But I think what we're seeing in like the common, uh, common conversation is that money is drying up for big developments because they don't want to risk the investment. If the government continues to mess with interest rates and mortgage rates still stay high, it will affect the value of property by a lot. It's affected some already. A lot of Austin, there was a, I mean, it went down by like 30% in just a couple of months. And we felt it almost immediately because what causes the prices to go down is people quit looking for houses, right? Some people that still have to do stuff will still buy things, but it just slowed down so quickly. Uh, so if this goes on, if there's a long term, if it stays at five and a half, five, six or something like that, and there's not ways to get payments lower, like with arms or contributions to interest payments, prepaying interest, things like that, then you can expect the property values to slow down, lower, drop. I mean, it just depends on where you are, what market you're in. But that's what's going on. And so to think that they like to be optimistic that this is just a quick little switch they just wanted to slow things down for a few months and they'll fire right back up. I think that's just too optimistic. Um, what is the average days on market to expect in order to maximize sell price? A lot, there's a lot of variables in that. In my opinion, still is you get the property ready the way it needs to be, paint, clean, yard, clean it up, declutter it, do some minor updates if they need it. The You price it right at market and let the buyers bid it up or down. I think it's too, I think, and that will happen in this market that can happen still in the first two or three weeks of being on the market. The longer you sit on the market, the more people question, I mean, think about anything you've ever bought. The longer it's for sale, you're like, well, what's wrong with it? How come all these other people have passed over it? takes a very special piece of property. It has to have a very special, unique, uh, where there's just a few buyers that you're just waiting for them to realize that they're buyers for the property uh, for the days on market to not matter that much. Does that make sense? The more unique and special property is, the less days on, days on market affect the price. The more regular the house is, I know everybody's house is special, but the more regular it is, the um the the more days on market affect the price and regular can just be like the more like suburban you are or something like that i'm not trying to say that negatively is that helpful oh this is terrific good you're welcome yeah <laughs> yeah so how do you see new rule regarding home buyers with good credit scores having to pay more to obtain a loan? Yeah, it's a, it's exhausting. Uh, all these new regulations that keep coming in. I mean, if you're a middle class, you're just getting hammered one, two punch constantly. 
by the government. This is where all the money is. This is where all the jobs are. And they're just like, oh, well, you have good credit. You've worked really hard. I'm going to try not to get too political about this. Now we want you to pay more money so we can subsidize for people. Great. We're humans. We're all supposed to help each other out. I get it. But it's just like, doesn't it feel like you're the first people they look at to fix some of the problems that are going on? Yeah, I just went a little political. Sorry about that. But I think it'll affect some people, but it's not a large enough amount of money to really impact a decision, I don't think. I think it's just like a eighth of a point or something like that. But what he's what he's what Auntie's asking about is there's now a new formula that's already it's already built into the loans um, because it has to every closing after May 1st has to be affected by this. So they started doing it like 45 days ago. Um, if you're, if you have good credit and based on your purchase price and your down payment amount, you might have to pay a little bit more for the loan. And it's a fee that goes into something to help, uh, others with lower credit or less amount of help them buy a house. G generally speaking. So it'll have some kind of just it's irritating type res uh, response, but I don't think it's going to blow people out of buying a house because it's just not that much money in the grand scheme of things. which is exactly why the government did it because they know it's just not that much money on a per person basis to cause that much unrest. Cool. Y'all are awesome. These are great questions. Thank y'all for being here. I'll, uh, I'll send this PDF around to you guys. Um, and if you, ladies and gentlemen, and if you need anything, um, or if you have any, uh, if you want to have a discussion with me, I'd love to hear it. So thank you. That wraps this up.